This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Welcome to another edition of uh, Poetry in Motion. This is a slightly different edition, though, because it's talking about a Liverpool defeat. If you haven't done that for a while, ooh, the smugness. Uh, it's Neil Fitz here. How are you? Wherever you are, wherever you listen to it, wherever you're downloading this, thank you once again. Always very appreciative uh, of your support with these podcasts. As usual, uh, I am joined by two people from uh, the Liverpool Echo who know more about sport than I do and make me sound a little bit more intelligent. It is Kiva O'Neill, one of my old favourites. I say I'm always here. You're always here. You're my favourite Irish whirler. Berconian. Berconian. I like that. I like that. Sounds like Bacoffian. Bacoff, which is intelligent. Oh, there you go. And we've digressed after 35 seconds. And uh, with us is Matt Addison, your first, well, your first one with me, Matt. How are you, pal? Yeah, very Let's good, thank you, yeah. handshake that you can't see. Uh, yeah, not not so good for the podcast, that, but yeah. Debut on the show. So, Debut yeah. on your show. You haven't been here long, my friend? Enjoying it? Yeah, very much so. Um, the first defeat, I think, uh, since yeah. I've been here. So. It's your fault, isn't it? Yeah. If Blame you it on, Matt. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, uh, I think in the last podcast we did mention it. It's all getting a bit samey because it's really hard to to pull a team apart when they're when they're winning all the time. Um, I was wearing jersey watching uh, the Norwich game, which was a bit of a slog, but it's but it's because that's what every single team do. What going to jersey? Yeah, getting out of jersey was a slog. I think I've got the jersey strain of the coronavirus. I'm not sure how many bottles of Corona you need to drink to get the coronavirus, but I've certainly I've certainly put myself up there uh, a lot. Was while I'm on the subject of this, uh, happy birthday it's today is birthdays today. Happy birthday to my uh, cousin John o, uh, John Fitz John Fitzmorris. And he said John O'Leary. Uh John Fitzmorris, who is uh, seventy today. Oh, happy birthday. He's a good one. And he'll, he'll particularly love me mentioning this because he's the biggest diehard, bitterest blue you've ever met in your life. So the fact that he's on a Liverpool podcast, I think, will make him good, smile. Good fella. Happy birthday, John. If you ever need a good plaster in Jersey, uh, John will know someone because it ain't him. Uh, I'm joking. Um, so anyway, watch the, uh, the Norwich game in Jersey. Bit of a slog, but as I said before, everyone just puts 10 men behind the ball now, don't they? We found a way through Mane just... An absolute dream of a goal. And then we headed into the um, Atletico Madrid game, uh, as up as you can possibly be, really, I guess, because, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Um, and we were faced with the dark arts again, Kiva. We've mentioned this before, haven't we? Uh, particularly in European football, but here they were again. Yeah, I think what people might be forgetting is this for Atletico Madrid is all their season is about now. Um, they needed something to sort of reclaim the wonder, which I think they got... You know, you seen the fans in the build-up. They were, they were all, you know, going for it because they're out of the Copa del Rey. They're mm-hmm. so many points off Barcelona and Madrid for the La Liga. So their race is sort of running. That's yeah, it's a good point there. So they are just pinning everything yeah. on the Champions League. Because I was watching thinking, oh, surely 60, 70 minutes will start slowing down. But they didn't. They just kept going. And obviously we saw all the play acting, which we saw with Barcelona. I think, you know, you think Liverpool will learn from that because we have done in the past. Um it's it's intriguing that there is something that can still rock the boat of this incredible Liverpool team. And it's almost like I take some joy from it in a way. Like, they are normal, they're human. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. For it's, a while there, I was starting to think, starting who to are be, these? Because there were a, a bit of a perfect storm, Matt, weren't it? Because we had that, you know, Liverpool a couple of seasons ago. Was it last season or season before when they went to, was it Dynamo? I'm telling my memory's terrible, but they got beat 2-0 and, and they got, the atmosphere was... Was Red, it? Star. Red, Red Star. Red yeah. Star. The atmosphere was 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 incredible. And that can get to any team. It doesn't matter who you are. I think the atmosphere got there. 
married with um, a few below par performances for what we're expecting from from, from this team now because they've set the bar so high, Matt. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's been a few sort of performances where one or two players have been off it, and you don't really notice it because the standard of the rest of the players is just that good that it sort of masks that. But I thought Van Dijk had a, a couple of dodgy moments. I thought Trent wasn't massively at it, and when you combine that with obviously being a fantastic team that Atletico are the best in the world at what they do. Mm. I think, you know, just to, to go off on a slight tangent, I think they, they are sort of the Spanish version of Burnley and we give Burnley a lot of stick and, and sort of praise them, which I think is, is slightly strange. But in terms of uh, in terms of Liverpool, I think there was one or two performances that were below par. As you say, the, the atmosphere seemed to get to them a little bit. The referee didn't, didn't really help Liverpool at all. Uh, quite the opposite, in fact. And when you put all those things together, I think, to be fair, look, Liverpool have lost. It was only one nil. That's probably not the worst result in in Europe. No, I was saying I was saying George because obviously they went down four minutes into the game and a, a scrappy yet again a, a very uncharacteristic Liverpool um, defence from a, from a corner. And normally, normally you've got Virgil just towering and pumping out. It just sort of bobbled around the place, didn't it? It was really unusual. I guess it was it was setting the stage for what was going to happen later in the game or, or throughout the game because it was a frustrating time. It was a frustrating goal to concede. A lot of passes that weren't completed, a lot of juddering sort of overhead passes, nervy passes, wasn't it? Um, and like you say as well, Trent had one of his off days where he couldn't really find anyone. It was either under hit or over hit, one of them ones. You can usually tell, can't you, five or ten minutes into a game when Trent's going to have a game like that when he just sort of, he either has too much adrenaline running through him and he's firing them wide, high, wide and handsome or they're not... Uh, passing the, they're hitting, getting past the first defender on, on, on the corners. I think it's interesting that Trent had an off game because that game for anyone else would have probably been a good game. He had loads of crosses in and stuff like that, but they weren't up to the yeah. That's the, that the standards set. we're setting now are getting ridiculous, so, aren't they? I think that's how you sort of you think. Oh, Trent's off the pace here, but he's really not. He's still you know one of the best in the world at what he does. But when he does slip, you know the veil slips a little bit. You're kind of like whoa. But it can't be that high. You don't think every game. I don't think the winter break helped us. And then the trip to Carrow Road, just, uh, we we didn't get into, I know we we won in the end because that's what Liverpool do. But I just think it didn't set us up well for this. But I'm just glad the second legs are home because I'm honestly convinced Liverpool went 3-4-0. I'd I'd be very, very surprised if we don't get through that second leg. I mean, we've got to be one of the best uh, over two legs teams in the world. Uh, Klopp's undefeated over two legs as a Liverpool manager. And uh, I feel that, <clears throat> I think there was an element of, like you said before, Matt, Atletico are very well drilled, very, very good at what they do, which is just sort of parking buses. And But they but they pressed hard as well, which was an added feature of it. They allowed Liverpool to stroke the ball around, which we, which is why we had 70% possession. But ultimately there was there was a, there was a lack of, of the last third, wasn't there? There wasn't. I mean, the, the, the most surprising thing for me, I think, is that people were surprised how Atletico set up because that's what they do in Europe. That's what they do. Yeah, I mean, they've only conceded one in the last five games against Barca and, and, and Real Madrid. I think yeah, it's... I think they've only conceded 15 goals this season in, in something like 23 games in the league, which is, you know, it's an unbelievable record. And sort of the intensity, the crowd, everything about it was was set up for them to to get that 1-0 um, win, which, which they got, to be fair to them. But I think... You know, like Kiva said, you'd imagine that Liverpool at home can sort of turn the tables on them. And as much as the Wanda Metropolitano was intense and, and they played incredibly well backed by their supporters in Spain, you'd imagine it would be the other way around. And Liverpool can be lifted by, by Anfield and, and by the big European night. And 
to be honest, even though Liverpool lost, I don't think it's a, a bad thing necessarily because it, it, we've sort of got got into sort of a not, not monotonous. That's the wrong word because yeah. cause Liverpool are winning and winning and winning, and that's brilliant. Yeah, but it's almost like it's an an opportunity that hasn't really come about much this season, whereby Liverpool are, are almost up against it, and the fans yeah. have got to come out and sort of you know it, it's an opportunity to have a big European night, which. Liverpool haven't had for a few few months now. And, and also, if there's one thing you can set your clock by, as as much as Liverpool winning in the Premiership, it's Liverpool losing the first leg of the European tie because that it, we're no strangers it's to historical. that. Historical. This is what we do. And yeah. like, we lost four there's, times there's, last year on the way to on the way to winning the cup. There's no worry. I don't think we can really. This is in the DNA of Liverpool Football Club. It's not in this team when it comes to European ties. It's like they just can't sort of switch on for that first leg. I don't know what it is. It's just the way it is. You know, we've seen them switch on against Porto and things like that. But um, I just think they like to take it down to the wire because it's just in us. That's what we do, you know, it comes to that outfield under the lights. I think the only worry would be the away goal, you know, but we kept Messi and Suarez out last year, so... You know, you see we did. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful because because teams are exposing that high line a little bit more now, aren't they? I mean, Norwich almost did it. That would have gone to VAR, but the brilliant save by Allison was was a very very simple ball over the top. And we're, and, and whether or not Klopp, I mean, he's going to have to be forced to try and get goals, obviously. So whether or not he's going to be pushing that high line, we've got to watch the counter attack. That's how they're going to do it. That's the only way they're going to do it, isn't it? Because you would imagine they're not going to try and play the way out of a 1-0 uh, advantage. They're going to try and defend it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, if, if Atletico do score at Anfield, then Liverpool have got to score three. And as we've said about how how good they are defensively, you, you wouldn't necessarily fancy Liverpool to have to do that. They haven't been to a, to a, to a European night uh, at Anfield for a while, though, have they? They haven't felt that those fans. They haven't felt that intensity, and uh, and they won't they won't know what the, what they're in for. And the last time it was Europa League, which does you know the fans still support and get after, but not the same as the big one, is it? And you know we are reigning champions. It'll just. The switch will go on. Like, I remember the day of the Barcelona game and I remember feeling that sort of apathy of, oh, Messi's coming to Anfield. Like, how are we going to keep him out and score four goals to win it? We did all that, you know. So I just think it's not going to be a worry. I was going to mention there, Morata slipping over. Atletico looked like great going forward, yeah. but there's sort of no end product at times with yeah. them. That that could almost be like the Usman Dembele yeah. thing in the the first leg against yeah, against definitely. Barcelona because he should have scored and if he if he scores that then as brilliant as Liverpool were in that second leg I don't think Liverpool get through if if it's if it's four nil um, so yeah hopefully that can be a similar sort of moment in the tie yeah absolutely I mean we must we must mention this the the the, the referee as well because I think what we said before was it's all right. You know, I'm I'm five ten minutes in watching these teams, and, and they absolutely get on my wick the way the way they. A typical Simeone. I mean, I hate Simeone, and I don't think he's ever really had any relevance in my football and fa- football fan life. I don't really care, other than you know when he went down when he was brutally hacked down by uh, by uh, David Beckham's heel in the in the World Cup. I just can't stand him. He just is the most arrogant. I, he just makes me angry to look at, and I just think if we if we if we stuff these at Anfield. I can't wait to see his face. I mean, he was asked a question, wasn't he, about what's it, what do you what do you feel like going back to Anfield? And he just he said, "I'm not even thinking about it." Took the headphones off and finished it, which means that he is thinking about it. Um, but it's just it ran through the side. There's nothing worse for me than, than watching grown men just diving on, on holding the heels and rolling over like uh, and, and a referee allowing it. That's that's what get that's what gets me. You got to hope that the referee at Anfield 
very similar to the Barcelona game where, where we, we bossed that game and the ref just went with everything that Barcelona wanted. Uh, you've got to hope that we get that back at Anfield. Well, that's the hope, isn't it? You know, remember Andy Robertson pushing Messi and stuff like that? You'd think that wouldn't stand with that referee the other night. Robertson would have been red carded, wouldn't he? Um, it, I think I went home and was like, my mum never really watches Liverpool. She's too nervous. She just can't watch us. I don't know why at the minute, but, you know, anyway. And I went home and she was like, that referee? And I was like, oh. So it wasn't just like, you know, it's not sometimes you think you're being biased, kind of like as there a Liverpool moments, fan. The, but it was it was the Salah moment that got me. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Because he just got the ball and the linesman didn't wave anything, you know, and the ref from, like, miles away was on the other side of the, the pitch and, you know, he, he waves off for a foul. It's... I think, I think the crowd, the crowd raised their voices and he swapped hands with the flag at one point for, for a throw-in. You well, mate, you know. I think sometimes I can't get into the sort of, you know, the sound and the atmosphere. Like, it got into Liverpool, so surely it affects the refs. They are just people, aren't they? Well, no, also as well, they're spending the Italian game about four foot away from the fans. So if anyone's going to get intimidated by them, it was them. I mean, it was there were some moments in that game that the, 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 Fala, the, the, the Salah uh, supposed foul was one of them. Manny getting manhandled, I mean, literally wrestled to the ground with the guy's arm wrapped around him. You know, there were, there were moments there where you unfortunately got to take on the chin because that's European football and it, and it reminds me of how much I cannot stand European football just because of of the of the of the play acting, you know, because of the because of the rolling rounds and holding the shins and holding the faces like they've been shot. And um you just wish to be a referee going, I'm not having that. Yeah, I mean, e- even taking the, the play acting out of it, there was one challenge on Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as he's about to shoot and he just gets took out completely. Yeah. Just um, outside the box. Just outside the box, just as he's about to shoot, everyone stops, everyone sort of pauses and goes, oh, it's obviously a free kick and then nothing's given. So, yeah, I mean, whether the, the referee got caught up in it or or whatever, you, you sort of have to hope that whoever is the official in the second leg is a bit more... Well, a bit more fair to be to be quite yeah. frank. I think yeah. the interesting thing with the Champions League, yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing with the Champions League is that there's more play acting in European football, but there's less sort of, you know, the ref will like be sort of more temperamental to it. You know, will buy into it. Where if that was happening in the Premier League, you think, you know, it, it, I mean, it wouldn't happen a lot. You see the, you know, the players coming in, European players, and you know that's a part of the game. Liverpool have sort of mastered that in a way now. You know, which we've we've spoken about before, but it does kind of make you think how Liverpool won it last year, nights like that. You do wonder how Liverpool made it all the way to the final in the past two seasons with occasions with that kind of officiating. It it really does. After the game, I was thinking, how did Liverpool actually win? Weirdly enough, I got exactly the same thoughts. I was thinking, what an achievement that was. Especially to go back-to-back finals with that kind of... With that bias, with that ridiculous kind of, you know, you can basically get away with anything. And I mean, Simeone was was never in his technical area, and yet Klopp gets booked. You know, the whole thing just wound me up. But then you just, I, I, I'll be more wound up if Liverpool don't take the advantage, take take the game by the scuff of the neck, and 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 really give it to uh, Atletico because, you know, yeah, they are. It's a, it's a great analogy. They are Burnley of Spain, aren't they? They are the Spanish Burnley, and and we need to be able to overcome them. There was a, you know, there was a worrying lack of shots shots on goal. Um, again, probably because there was always eight or nine in the box whenever they tried to do a little bit of footwork and stuff. But are you a little bit worried about the, the potential of injuries um, and what was picked up? Do you know anything more about the injuries that were picked up to Henderson? And um, As far as I'm aware, we don't know too much about Jordan Henderson's injury at this stage. Um, 
I think was it was a hamstring injury that yeah and I think like Klopp said after he you know Henderson had felt his hamstrings yeah. wanted to come off and it, first of all it looked like a foul when I was watching it and then and then it just the camera just glimpsed onto him when he was when he just felt his hamstring and I said to the boys I was watching it with, with the kids and I said that it looks like his hamstring man it tweaked yeah whether that was a precaution to take him off yeah. or whether it was you know a full on injury I'm sure we'll find out in the next couple of days Klopp um, didn't sound massively concerned or concerned worried by it, it which makes no. me feel hopeful because. You think you wouldn't want to lose Henderson, would you, at this stage in the season? You wouldn't, but then at the same time, you know, you are going to get injuries at, at some point in the season. And look, Liverpool have got plenty of midfield options. Again, of course, you know, Henderson's been absolutely unbelievable for the, for the last few weeks. But I think, you know, if, if the worst is going to happen and he's going to be out for two or three weeks, then I think Liverpool do have enough. I mean, it could almost work in Liverpool's favour because... <laughs> I think what was the stat, the mad stat, like, you know, everyone was sort of perceiving that as the strongest 11 the other night. I think the last time that team was played was the Napoli defeat or something, maybe, I don't know, but there was there was some stat doing the, doing the rounds. And I think Liverpool actually benefit more from not playing this so-called strongest and just playing one, like maybe Oxlade-Chamberlain the other night, even Minamino, you think if one of them players comes in, does it add something that Atletico haven't sort of, you know, thought about and, you know, a little bit of something different. Because I think sometimes when you play the team that, you know, that team hasn't played together for, I can't remember the last time, but, you know, I think sometimes you need to just mix it up, particularly in the midfield. I think if Henderson isn't available for the replay, but is it, well, it's three weeks, isn't it? Is it three weeks or two weeks? Uh, March 11th. So there's quite a way off for them to get back. If he isn't, uh, I'd like to see Kate in him, but I don't think he will do that. I think he'd go with Milner. But I, I'd like to see, uh, for a side like Atletico, I think if you have someone whose first instinct is to run into the box, is to get forward, is to drive forward, which is what Cater's is, um, I think you're more they're more susceptible to giving away free kicks and giving away fouls because they're going to have to stop them. Whereas I think if, you, if he brings in a Milner, because um, I think in situations like that, he tends to throw caution to the well, not throw caution to the wind, and be more cautious. I think because um, we're going to have to get at them, aren't we? That's the thing. It's, I know Liverpool will take the time because because that's the way we do things, but we're going to have to get at them and and and, and try and level the playing field as soon as possible. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see sort of how they go about it because we know exactly what Atletico are going to do. They're going to do exactly what they did in the first leg and, and sit in and and sort of. Even though they were at home, it was a, an away performance and that's what they're going to try and replicate. So, yeah, as you say, normally Liverpool would sort of take it step by step and sort of see, feel their way into the game and, and then go for it. But you you just wonder whether it would just be worth throwing in a Cater or a Chamberlain and, and trying to get that early goal to, to get, obviously, the crowd will be behind them anyway, but to get them up even more and to sort of put Atletico under as much pressure as possible, yeah. as soon as possible. I thought Cater was really impressive against Norwich, although he went off and then... Liverpool scored I thought driving forward it's his first he, instinct isn't it yeah. he gets the ball he's moving and forward and the thing is he's capable of that kind of slalom run but yeah. he's so strong as well yeah. so you want to see more of that he's, he hasn't had the run he needs he needs a run in the team but it just feels like that midfield is a, a positive conundrum for Klopp but one that just won't go away and won't yeah. settle into that like foundation of this is the midfield. I think the problem was, and again against against uh, Atletico the other night, was that we got we did, and you you hit on it. We did have plenty of occasions. I mean, we had seventy percent possession. For me, it was one of the occasions where, where which I've been doing a lot this season. We are going to score. We're clearly going to score. This time we didn't, but we had so much, and it was so much great positive play. So many wonderful moves, but a lot of the times it went wide, and then was knocked into a box with no one there. 
you know, maybe seven Atletico players and one or two Liverpool. Certainly not enough to try and influence getting getting in the back of the net. So you wonder whether the conundrum of 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 of, of, of advancing in the centre a little bit more, you know, from central midfield rather than pushing it out to them wings all the time to whip balls in that, you know, are 50-50s half the time. So whether someone like Cater is a better idea to, to who will slalom in, but, but, but will take it through the middle. Oxlade-Chamberlain, suppose, I haven't even mentioned him. I suppose he's probably going to get the nod ahead as well. Yeah, de- definitely Cater for, for that sort of guile and creativity and sort of get, it, get into the byline and then pulling things back rather than just throwing a ball into the box where you know that Atletico are going to have seven bodies. Yeah, in that, that, that tactic is definitely not going to work. There's no point it? throwing a ball into the box and saying to Firmino, go and win yeah. you know, against seven of those players. That's not so, how they play, is it? No, so it, it might take a, a Cater bit of creativity or it might take Chamberlain from the edge of the area, but whatever it is, I think Liverpool have got to... Well, they've shown time and time again, haven't they, that they can adapt and Pep Linders, I'm sure, will be looking at it already and, and thinking about where's where's the way that, we, where are the sort of learning points from the first leg? And I think the fact that there's three weeks or four weeks even between the first and the second leg almost helps Liverpool. They can analyse what happened in the first leg, come up with these solutions as they so often do and, and hopefully find a way to, to get an early goal and, and swing the tie back in their favour. And you think by then Fabinho will be sort of up running because... The other night he just looked off it, didn't he? Yeah, pace and yeah, overhitting a yeah, lot of stuff, he wasn't he? And, but I, th- I felt that anxiety throughout the side. Yeah, to, to be, be fair, fair yeah. I think I think it transmitted right through, didn't it? I mean, a very uncharacteristic Virgil Van Dijk performance because he looked he looked like um, like he was almost not a robot for a few seconds. <laughs> he looked human. Um, there were a few moments there where he was a little bit on edge, and then when Costa comes on, you have to throw him in the mix. I mean. What an absolute cockroach, you know, but he knows what he's doing. He knows how the elbows work. He knows how to pull on people. Brilliantly just, horrible player, yeah, Absolutely, isn't he? yeah. Yeah, he's one of the players that I'd hate. You know, you get these players where you go, oh, God, you know, he's, I'd hate him. Love him at our place, though. I really yeah. wouldn't want him at our place. No, I don't. I don't like him. No, he's no. very nearly signed for Liverpool, didn't he? I think when, uh, when Suarez came in, he was sort of at the same sort of time they were looking at both of them and you know imagine a Liverpool team with them two up front together causing absolute havoc with I just can't imagine a happy dress I mean we, you know no. we, we are we are part of the reason why we're, we're, we're flying the way we are is you can clearly see a lot of camaraderie in that dressing room and I just can't imagine someone like him he, he, he just wakes up and boots the cat don't he he's you know, one of them isn't he this is a little fact little staff for you Diego Costa has missed in his career 43 games through suspension that's, that's an entire man. season that's of his career. Just wow. bizarre. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Well, we talk about the breaks in between the Atletico games. We've only got a little matter of West Ham at home, Wofford away, um, Bournemouth uh, away, and in between them, of course, the FA Cup fifth round. How much does that result the other night influence what he does in the FA Cup against Chelsea? Or was it going to be a factor anyway? Or has he just decided that... Uh, that's not important enough anyway. Or do you think after that, after that victory and then coming into the Chelsea game, he may have been pondering the idea of putting a stronger side out? I think we'll see a, a strong-ish side against Chelsea anyway, just because Liverpool's squad is, is so big. I think one or two of the youngsters deserve their opportunity. I think Nico Williams will probably play in that game. I think Harvey Elliott deserves to play as yeah, well. Yeah, Curtis so, Jones will be there. But yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, how much of a, an influence did, did the game the other night have on that? I'm, I'm not sure it did, to be honest. I think Jürgen will, it, look, he'll never admit it publicly, but I think he'll know pretty much... 10 out of his 11 players for, for each of these next five, six games. 
I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought that that will change. I think obviously we know that the FA Cup is is not a massive priority, but they've got to this stage now. You sort of think, well, you might as well give it a bit of a go. And I just think he'll have had in his mind what he wanted to do, and I don't think. I don't think really anything would have changed that, to be honest. I think with it being eight days before the Atletico game, that might make it more interesting a selection in terms of... He's got this, a game before that, this, though, hasn't he? Is a game in between Well, it's, well. it's Bournemouth at home, which you'd like to think we will get through quite comfortably. My birthday, though. Touch one. Um, so I think more so because just you don't want to go out... You don't want to go out to... Birthday, March, 7th, 7th of March. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, Moonpig.com. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying you can send other stuff cards, to the office if you Other card mm-hmm. providers are, are, yeah. are available. So, yeah, we have, so we've got a game. I, I just think if you go out to them, two competitions within the space of eight days kind of rocks the boat. Mm. The Premier League's probably going to be won not long after that. <gasps> she said it. It yeah. could, it could you know, even be that day, couldn't it? It, I think. it could be in between them. Yeah, that's still mathematically possible. Please do that, Liverpool. Yeah. Mine and my mum's birthday, actually, so ah, quite the prezzy, wouldn't it? That wouldn't it? You, is yours and your mum's birthday the same day? Yeah, so I was her best present, and this could be my best ah, present, couldn't it? Ah, that's how she tells you. Ah, she does tell nice. me that. When she's drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point, isn't it? I mean, if we've got the league, how would that influence it then, if the league's in the bag then? Do you think that's, do you think that lets good, let, that gives them full reign to go, just go for it now, guys, or? That worries me, because be, Barcelona well, won the league just before they came to Anfield. You know, you kind of the champagne's on ice, isn't it? And you know they're probably thinking three 0 up in that tie. Yeah, this is, and then you kind of, you know. So I think, I think Liverpool will learn a lesson from Barcelona's mistake there. But yeah, I, I th- it could only rally this Liverpool team, couldn't it? But, yeah, you'd I mean, imagine. So. Everyone, everyone else would have a hangover. But you think Jurgen Klopp and his lads? Are, you know, I think he has an, a remarkable way of, of of pulling people back into focus, doesn't he? And I, mean, I think. In many ways, it was good. It, it was it was a good thing that we have that little. We miss a beat a little bit in European football like that because we tend to do that, don't we? Like you said before, first legs. Thankfully, when the second legs in Anfield, which it seems to be a lot, um, it's great because you can almost take that little thing of 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 of, of a defeat and then a bit of a rollicking from Jürgen and then getting things back into focus uh, and then moving on from there. So good in a way that it happened there, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, they, they sort of tend to box games off and, and sort of treat them completely separately, which I don't think they really get enough credit for doing that, to be honest, because I think it's it's really hard when it you... It must be, must it, to, to yeah, decop, if, departmentalise, is that the word? Something like that, yeah. Cheers. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're in a Premier League title race, you sort of, one or two of the younger players will have their eye on the, the FA Cup because that's their competition, if you like, and then obviously the Champions League being thrown in as well. So, so many different components to think about and consider and all the team selections and you know I think Liverpool do it as well as anybody that sort of focus on on each individual game as as much as the staff and the management will look ahead for the next five six weeks to be able to keep the players focused just one game at a time I think is a really undervalued skill it's an amazing thing isn't it I think and I think and a, a lot of that's down to the players as well and, and their ability to and Jordan Henderson I guess is the leader of them to be able to just calm them down and keep them focused before every game because that must be a, especially with what I watch them sometimes when the games kick off and I think the pressure that is on those players now just to just because you know that your opponents are going to park a bus and, and they all want to be desperately want to be the first ones to, to stop the rot they're under in, in, intense pressure all the time and yet they seem to be able to pull it through and then the mad thing is as well do you ever like do exercise and think 
you know, there might be people listening to this now doing exercise, just keep going. But yeah. do you ever do it and think, yeah. oh my God, stop, how do they do that as well? Like, how do they do all that? And they're knackered, but they just they just keep breaking through these brick walls time after time. They are a remarkable side. Um, but I, w- I would like to think, just come back to the FA Cup, the Klopp would, because, you know, he's placed the, the trust in the youngsters to get him to this stage. And I think, you know, he'd give one or two, you think, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. I think Nico one or two. Williams. I think one or two. You've but got to that... weave them in, haven't you? Yeah, you've Adrian, got to I think. I'd you? like to see yeah. that he, I'd like, Adrian, I'd like to see, I'd like to see some of the, some of the decent, I'd say decent, that's an awful thing to say. Some of the more established players uh, in the lineup as well, because, uh, you know, it's, it's the FA Cup. And I still hold out a little bit of hope for the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup. I'd love, you know, even if you do go out the Champions League, you know, we won it last year. We've got their memories to hold. Of course, we want to go and do it again. Istanbul is calling us. But imagine the end of the season, you've got the, the Premier League and the FA Cup. Like, you know, what That's what I'm you... saying. It's an interesting one. I mean, I think we clearly, you that know... Fe- that feels like quite the double to me. You know, the double growing up as a kid that felt more special yeah. than... Because, you, you know, you knew the European nights were special and that. But, you know, having not won... Premier League for 30 years and oh there's a nice little FA Cup to go with it yeah it is it's, that's what I'm saying it might have been a bit of a quandary for him that he wouldn't have had before because because he was fielding you know kids entirely and then some of them kids have really stepped up to the plate now and, and would and would be banging on the door I would imagine for the first team place anyway we talked about Minamino before do you think in the times I've watched Minamino play and it hasn't been that often he's had a couple of little glimpses do you think he's one of them where you look at and think he needs to get in the gym a bit more and he needs to have a little bit more meat on his bone because he tends to be knocked off, lose possession quite quite easily at the moment. Is that the occasion? Is that playing for Liverpool, or is that perhaps just something that he needs to get into his game and and, and develop a little bit of a stronger stronger way of playing? I, I just, to be honest, I just think it's it's been difficult for him so far because he's he's coming into the best team in the world. He's never played in England before. He's never played, you know. Obviously, he's come from Salzburg, who play a, a similar sort of brand of football to what Jurgen Klopp does, but. You know, coming into Liverpool is is a massive thing, and to do that mid-season as well, I think is particularly difficult. So, I just think for him, pre-season is going to be massive. I think he can just sort of yeah. enjoy it, just go into to as many games as he can get from now to the end of the season. Not really with any pressure on him, not really with with fans getting on his back or anything like that. Come into pre-season and then sort of reassess it, and and hopefully next season he can kick on. But for him, I think. Almost, almost a, a sort of bonus of signing him in January is that he's got those few he's months to in, settle in now. Yeah, yeah. A, a bit like we've seen with, say, we, even with someone like Van Dijk, you sort of saw him bed in for the, the last few months of that season and then come in and, and be absolutely brilliant from from that summer onwards. So, yeah, p- potentially he could be one that, you know, they have a special programme for him during the summer and sort of get him beefed up a little bit. But, look, there's, there's no reason to be concerned at the minute and... There's, there's so many examples. You think of Andy Robertson, you think of Fabinho. They've, they've taken a few months to settle. People have started to think, oh, may, maybe it's not going to happen for them. And then suddenly they're in the team and, and they've not looked back flying, since. And they're flying. I think with Minamino, just to mention, I think he you know, he will probably be looking across a little bit at his team, his former teammate, Haaland, who has absolutely hit the ground running, scored on 500 goals since he started playing for Dortmund. <laughs> Found um, the golden one half. Yeah, it was, it was, it was seven, seventeen half. minutes, something like that. Um, of course, he's about well, six years younger, plays in a different position, but he was playing provider for this player. You know, he's yeah. he's helped him in his development, and obviously, Harlan going to Dortmund, there was that opening there for a player like that. Where there isn't that opening in this Liverpool team, Minamino is going to have to fight his way in, and I think you'll you'll see that towards the end of the season. With you know, hopefully, the league wrapped up, you'll see opportunities coming for him, and then you know. 
hopefully he'll he'll kick on then into into next. It'll season. make him a better player because he's going to have to fight harder hard to do it. You mentioned Harlan there. Um, my son was telling me there's a stat the other day that he, 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 he equals the 100 metres world record. 6.8 something, or 8.6 something seconds for 100 metres he did or something, didn't he, to do the nice? 60 metre record, I think it oh, was. Oh, the 60 yeah. metre record. Yeah, but yeah. It, it He's a phenomenal player, isn't he? What is he it? looks the business. 12 goals in seven games, something like that, since he signed. Which yeah, is... it's ridiculous. He just... I mean, there's one thing you know about goal scorers is when they have stats like that, when they go from club to club and keep on them stats, you've got world class there, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you, I don't know if you've seen the goal from the other day, but the, the sound that the ball makes as it hits the back of the yeah. net is just beautiful. Some, oh, some people are playing it on repeat forever, I have heard. Wait, it was that nice. That, that nice to go. Just, I'm going to have to check it out now for that. Just just the noise. I mean, the goal was brilliant, yeah. but the noise is just I, even I think better. that was an important moment for that lad, weren't it? Because he's up against Mbappe, who's, you know, yeah. the, the one yeah. in line to Messi and Ronaldo's throw, and he's just been like... I'll just score a brace and see, see what happens here. And I think, do you know what? And I think power to the lad as well for going for going to, to Dortmund as opposed to one of the big clubs. I'm saying that again, I don't mean to disrespect Dortmund at all. They're a great club. You know, the the, the Galacticos or, or, or the PSGs of the world. He looks like he's being man-managed really, really well as well, isn't he? And, 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 and he's gone to a club there where he knows he can develop and he knows that he's going to be out of the spotlight a little bit more than he would have been. You know, in in those in those kind of huge Spanish clubs or or, or or French clubs like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Dortmund is is a brilliant move for him. I'm slightly skeptical. I think his agent is is Mino Raiola, isn't it? So I think potentially he's looked at it and thought, well, maybe we can go to Dortmund for a couple of years, then move him on somewhere else, and I'll I'll get two agents fees. Well, I don't know. Undoubtedly, but, that's he's not going to stay at Dortmund, is he? So that's... No, but but even so, I think yeah, as you say, it's a, it's a great move for for his career, and you know. Look, Manchester United were linked with him. I think Liverpool were linked with him at some point as well. And for him to go to Dortmund and, and start as well as he has done, I think he's already vindicated that decision. And another player, of course, who, who keeps popping up on the uh, the Liverpool timeline, Timo Werner, uh, and then and then did the football equivalent of of going up to uh, the best mate of a girl you fancy and going, "Will you ask her if she'll go out with me?" Uh, he's come out and um, and publicly said Liverpool are the greatest team in the world, and it would be an absolute honour to play for them. Um, so it, it, it's all very it's all very cosy at the moment, isn't it? Do you think he's it, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that Timo Werner is going to come, or will game time be a factor, Kiva? I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? We've discussed before. I think it sort of what happens with Mane, Salah, Firmino. I think one of them you feel would. I mean, you want Liverpool to have this amazing big squad, but in reality, it doesn't work. Having you're amazing, frightened of losing them, aren't you? Yeah, you, you can't sit a lad who scored twenty goals in twenty-two games in the Bundesliga on the bench, can you? So, you know, all that comes in. Is that it. not part of it, though? Is that not part of the squad rotation? Is that not? Part I think of so, but I just don't think. They'd stand for it. Yeah, I just don't think it's how Jürgen works. I don't think you can... It's, you know, the sort of... The balancing of everyone's sort of feelings and all that kind of thing. It's a tricky it, one with it? Salah, isn't it? Because because Salah is an amazing player, but he's been... he's he's And he's, and he's again, he's scoring goals, but he's, he's, he frustrates at times, doesn't he? He still manages to frustrate when he, when he... The amount of times he gets the ball and just doesn't really do the right thing when it gets stuck with it. It, it. You know, that free-flowing 44-goal season he had, which was extraordinary anyway, but he just seems to be able to beat a man at will. Now it's like they've got the measure of them a little bit more, haven't they? And and, and, and he loses a lot of possession. He is frustrated. I still don't want to see, I don't want a team without him. And even when he got pulled off the other day, I think it was like, I was like, no, don't, because yeah, he's, that always, in him, isn't he's always capable of pulling something out the bag. But you wonder whether... Timo Werner knocking on the door will improve everyone yeah, anyway. Yeah, that could be, you know, I'd definitely like to see him. He looks to be a, a strong and good player. I think he's 23, he'd be coming into his peak years where only, 
you'd think it would And the go. speed, have you I mean, have you seen any of, the, uh, any of the footage of the speed of that kid? He is extraordinary. Something I didn't actually, I didn't tag on to Timo Werner. I just know, knew that he was a good finisher, but you can YouTube some of the stuff and some of the runs he does is just, he's leaving people for dead. Yeah, he was at it last night against Tottenham. He obviously scored the penalty for the one 0 win, which makes made me think that result. You know, obviously we played Tottenham in the final at Leipzig. I've got their away goal there. You know, Liverpool standing good, stead really. Yeah. Um, looking across the results, I think. Um, oh, they're in a much better position than Tottenham. Are absolutely waking yeah. up today. You know. So yeah, he, he looks to be you know a good player, and I think the, the sort of fees fifty fifty five million euros or whatever a release clause pocket change of course, I found more than that on the couch of course Liverpool, of, of course Liverpool are going to be interested in the, in the top players and he seems to be in that category at the moment you know it's great it's great that we've um, we've been in that position as Liverpool fans haven't we where you know it wasn't too long ago we'd be we'd be we'd be scouring the transfer news with me to find out who we were getting and it's been great to be able to just sit back and say we don't particularly need or want anyone at the moment we've got our eye on people that we want to try and fit into the jigsaw puzzle but we, we're in such a, a wonderful kind of zen-like state at the moment as a club that, that we've let we've let transfer windows pass us by without any kind of problems at all because we, like we said before Uja, we don't want to mess up this jigsaw puzzle it's so perfectly balanced so it's been great to just sit back and watch the others sort of scrambling for players isn't it? Yeah definitely I mean it's going to be a, a really interesting summer I think because if Liverpool are to sign someone I think they probably will do it's going to have to be a real special special yeah. player to come into this team because like you say if, if you're not absolutely world class then you're not getting into the team and it doesn't matter what position you are I think just on, on Werner I think possibly the, the way that you'd sell it to him is that you know Salah, Mane, Firmino are not getting any younger maybe he comes in and he, he does have to be on the, the bench a little bit for the next season two seasons but then you're the main man. And yeah. that, that might be the way that, that you go about convincing him. But, but whoever Liverpool go for, whether it's Jaden Sancho, whether it's Kai Havertz or, or whoever, it's going to have to be a real top talent. And I think possibly looking at that sort of age, sort of 20, 22, something like that, gives them the opportunity to, to come to Liverpool and sort of grow into one or two of the positions that, you know, even in midfield, look at Gini Wijnaldum is going to be 30, I think, next next season. God, finished. Jordan Henderson as, as well. As, you know, the scar on me nail, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, it, it, it's not it's not too old. You look at James Milner, I mean, he's, you know, how old is 62 he now? 62 now, isn't he? Yeah, so, <laughs> um, you know, there, there are places in the squad which are going to have to get rejuvenated yeah. over the next couple of seasons and, you know, you don't want to do that all at once. So I think it would make sense to, to sort of sign players like that now and say, look, you're going to have to be patient, but long term, you're going to be the main guy. Yeah. I think the best thing about the Werner interview last night was that he was like really excited to talk about Liverpool. You know, he, he really was, was really. and he sort of bit uh, the VS ball fella's hand off that uh, Jan. He, he was like straight away. He was like, it makes me so proud that like I'm, you know, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool are sort of I'm I'm being rumored with a move to them, and he said. And he, he's he been said quite that he doesn't feel like he's point, at the level to play for, and he sort of said like them that like as though yeah. you know he was referring to Liverpool, not like a level of just playing for you know because Liverpool are now out on their own as this other level, and I think God, it's so exciting. You saying that just but gives me goosebumps. I know it's so exciting that these players who are you know literally any club would snap your hand off to have them are like almost snapping your hand off to come to Liverpool. It's an amazing time to be alive. It is. And also as well, what what, we, what they have to fit into and what I really like as well is that, is that Liverpool still have a, a spending structure. 
uh, and they're not a team that's going to pay £150 million for someone or £100 million. I mean, you know, so it's going to have to be someone who, who understands that it's playing for Liverpool and they've got themselves to that because they're just not going to go in and start upsetting the dressing room by paying gazillions of quids for people. So it's still nice to... They're not. They're retaining that like kind of respect and dignity level of going. Well, you know, we're not going to pay a hundred mil. Well, if Timo Werner's fifty-five mil, then that's well within their spending structure, anyway, isn't it? It's great to know that we're still a side that doesn't bow to the constraints of you know of, of you can have them, but you have to pay hundred thirty mil. Yeah, I mean, it's not so much the transfer fee, is it? It's then the wage that you know. If you're coming in for a hundred million, then you obviously you're going to be looking at maybe two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand a week, and Liverpool don't. Don't well, they don't pay that that sort of money to to anyone. So, I think yeah, it, it's just such a tough balancing act, like we said. And and so far, one of the the big successes of of Jurgen Klopp and, and Michael Edwards and sort of all the the scouting and the recruitment is that they've got it right every single time. So, you know, I'm I'm completely relaxed that whoever they bring in is going to be the right person because look, they've not made any mistakes so far. So there's no reason to to be panicking and, and thinking about it. I think the best thing about how Liverpool operate now is that the fans have accepted it. And it took a while yeah. for the fans to accept we're not bringing anyone in in this window, just accept it. You know, because fans always want, you always want players well, I think to sign. You, I, I think ex- you do if you're, not, if you're not performing. I think you do if you're, if you're part of it. If we were fifth, we would want signings. Yeah, definitely. But I just think that Liverpool now is so patient and Liverpool fans are sort of accepting that and becoming patient as well. It's like, you know, I know it's a nice position to be in where we're at right now. So, you know, that's always going to be the case, but it just feels like the the club and the fans are at one at the minute. Absolutely. In, and the pressure's in, off the pressure's off Klopp. You don't see him as a pressured manager. Obviously, he, he works under a level of pressure. We know that. But what I'm saying is the expectation pressure is not there with him. He, he, he doesn't have fans... Going out. I mean, he was mobbed by Norwich fans the other day. He's a bit of a pop star and yeah. he's a rock star of the football world. And, and rightly so, he's an amazing man. And I think that lack of pressure is filtered right through the team because we're not looking at transfer deadline days. We're not looking at, oh, who are we going to gain? Because we don't need to. If anything, like we just said before, we're worried that we're going to, that we're going to dislodge um, and undo, you know, what's what's going on at the moment. So it's, that, and I think that travels right to the team. There is no pressure on him. His only pressure is, is, is what the team puts on itself, really. Liverpool are at that stage where they're the only team that can beat themselves, aren't they? You know, Liverpool were out Liverpool by Atletico Madrid the other day, which is why I think we got beat. Let's just, briefly, I don't want to talk about them, but, but um, the Man City ban, do you first and foremost think that that's going to get upheld? Or do you think that, can you feel somewhere down the line that that ban's going to get pulled back again? Or do you think they're really going to go with a two-year ban on Europe? My initial reaction was that because it's not, I don't think it's strictly to do with the financial fair play. I think it's more to do with sort of the alleged sort of financial, um, what shall we say, lying? That, yeah. That, yeah, is that the right word? Um, so if that is the case, then... That's would, fraud, isn't it? Yeah, if that is the case and the evidence is there to, to back that up, then you'd imagine that the two-year ban will will stay in place. Um, but potentially, you know, I've heard several people suggest maybe they've given a two-year ban just so that when they appeal it, it can go to a one-year. Well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, look. Hey, one-year will do. <laughs> Two would be great. Six would be fab. But it's whether or not, it's whether, it's, it'll be an interesting, I mean, Pep's come out and said, it doesn't matter, I'm staying here, which is which is the, the equivalent of the board getting behind the manager. And it's an interesting one. Would he want to stay? At a club where the only thing he really wants he can't even get for the next 
I, I felt like he was going to go anyway, maybe after the I season. It just was, felt like his, his, his time was sort of anyway. up in, in the Premier League. I think you know? we've really annoyed him and ruined his, his, his massive game plan. His head did fall off not so long ago and then Liverpool are now, you know, 22 points clear. I just think it just seems like everyone's sort of talking about maybe him going back to Spain, but Juventus jobs, things yeah. like that, you know. You just think that maybe this, whatever happens, obviously there's still appeals and other probably investigations to, to go down. So, you know, Liverpool will be keeping one eye on it, of course, you know, as will Liverpool fans. And, you know, it does make it very interesting in terms of what happens if it is actually thing and then what will will the Premier League have something to say then on this because surely it can't just be Champions League because that's the, the top competition then you know the Premier League have to look at it as well so that'll make it interesting and then does that even more so make Liverpool now just the dominant force of English football for the seasons to come yeah I mean it's so hard to predict it's not just Guardiola it's you know look at the players I'm not sure I think Kevin De Bruyne is about 29 and you think is he going to really stick around when he's not won the Champions League is he is gonna... Sterling going to stick around with a high bid coming in for him yeah be... Aguero as well you, you think of all these players and to be honest just simply the fact that there is no uncertainty at Liverpool and there is complete uncertainty at Manchester City I think just sums up where the two teams are, are at right now and yeah. you know even looking ahead to, to next season whatever happens we know exactly what Liverpool are going to do we know exactly how they're going to be and there's just there's you, you just can't say that about Manchester more, City. More of the same. But you can keep one eye on Manchester City, but not for too long because you'll get a crook in your neck. They're that far behind us. Um, <laughs> let's just uh, sum up the next four games. Again, I didn't mention it before. I always do like a six-game summary of what's going on, uh, what's to come. Liverpool-West Ham is Monday the 24th uh, of Feb. Uh, and that's a home. Uh, Wofford away. Uh, I mean, they're the kind of draws you want in between big games like... Like uh, Atletico, aren't they? You don't want. You didn't particularly want a a, a Manu or a, or even a Derby or a City game there, did you? You wanted something there where they hopefully can get through them without any kind of problems. We've got Chelsea in the fifth round of the cup. Again, what we've discussed there. I think a, a mixture. Yeah. The ones who've definitely deserved to be there, let keep them in there. But it'd be nice to see if we could try and squeeze through there as well. Uh, and then we've got Bournemouth at home before, um, which is Kiva's birthday. I don't know whether you mentioned, I don't know whether you... No, no one that. knows that. No one knows that. Do you keep that quiet, don't you? I know. Uh, you can switch that neon sign off on your hat now, so it's my birthday in <laughs> seven. Uh, and then Atletico Madrid back at Anfield on the 11th of uh, March. And we want everyone, everyone listening to this, everyone who's going to go to the game, just make a noise, make a hell of a noise. Uh, I don't know what the situation is going to be with the coaches. Don't throw balls. Um, but just let them know that they are coming to a second leg at Anfield and let's have a bit of fear in them and let's have uh, Diego Simeone crying at the end of that game. I'd, be, I'd love that. Kiva O'Neill, thank you very much. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Matt, good debut, I thought. Thank you very much. Solid. Solid. Yeah, solid. You know, solid, solid. So, something to build on. Something to build on. Something to build on. A lot of positives have took from it. <laughs> and more football cliches. Uh, that has been Poetry in Motion. Uh, a little bit of a blip in the in the, in the incredible surge of, uh, of Liverpool, but we've been here before. Uh, we'll overcome that, I am sure. Um, onwards and upwards with the Reds, and uh, we won't be far too far away from, from our first league title in 30 years. I said it really quietly. Keeper O'Neill and Matt. Uh, Matt Addison. Yes. Thank you, Cleaning. Uh, we will uh, we will see you all again soon that has been Poetry Emotion for me Neil Fitz uh, catch you in the next one you've been listening to the Poetry Emotion podcast on the Blood Red channel